Get Cody's trade alerts and all of his latest positions on the Trading with Cody app for iPhone and Android and on tradingwithcody.com. Hello everyone and welcome to uh, the first ever Trading with Cody. What this is teleconference good old fashioned conference calling technology from the 90s, maybe 80s I guess. Um... Anyway, um, we are recording, so we can keep a transcript of all of this. At least we're hoping that we're recording. This is the first one ever, and um, we've done a couple of trials, but let's just keep our fingers crossed. Um, I guess, you know, I'll just kick off a little bit with the discussion of, you know, what's in the news today. Of course, everyone's looking at the health care bill. Uh, will it will it not be passed? What will the market's reaction to it after it is or is not passed? Um, you know, feet to fire. I'll start off with that. Um, I don't think it'll end up getting passed, at least not today in its current iteration. And I think the market will probably be flattish to up afterward. I think everyone's sort of expecting the markets to sell off if it doesn't pass, but... Um, everyone expected the markets to crash when Trump got elected or uh, the markets to never come back after Brexit, uh, after the Brexit vote. So, um, you know, and of, of course, over the years, it welcome whoever just called in. Of course, you know, we've all seen over the years that, um, you know, especially in short term swings, short term day to day movements in the markets sometimes look like there's a catalyst or an actual reason behind them. But as I always tell people, it's really hard to read too much into tens of thousands of stocks and the way they're trading for intraday for a few hours as millions of people with tens of millions of different reasons are buying or selling them. So, um, and clearly I wouldn't try to game the, the, vote one way or another, even with off of my feet to fire um, prediction that I just made there. Um, so with that, guys, you know, I'm open to anything as always. Um, let's just jump into some questions if you've got some. Anybody? Company, this is John. Can I ask something? Sure, please, John. Hi. Yeah, it just it doesn't seem like Google is doing much uh, recently. I just, you know, you know, I don't know what you do. Well, all right, so let's talk about Google. Today, I'm surprised, actually, the stock's not down more. The headlines over the last 24 hours or even less since the close yesterday have been dominated, at least in Google's exam uh, case, um, with... The fact that a lot of their biggest advertisers from Verizon to AT&T here in the United States and a whole bunch of others in Europe, um, a lot of global corporations are frustrated with Google showing their advertisements on what could be perceived as hate or terrorist-related videos or websites or blog posts or um, you know whatever the Google ad network is showing those ads on. And... Um, I'm frankly shocked that Google's having that problem. I, that, you know, from I remember when YouTube was launched 12, 13 years ago, and they were having so many problems with um, copyright content being uploaded, and um, the major media companies were coming down hard on Google after they uh, subsequently bought YouTube, and within weeks Google had 
software that was starting to route out, root out all of the copyrighted content. Um, here we are 13 years later and their entire business model rests, you know, the cash flow really rests on these ads and the ad networks that they have. And um, that's now apparently not been taken care of 13 years later and they're still having issues with ads being shown on places they shouldn't be. And it's just shocking to me, frankly, and I'm disappointed in hearing that. I thought the stock would be down maybe 3 or 4 even 5% today on that news. Down a buck, uh, you know, $13, 1 1.5, 1.6% today. It's down, though. We trimmed it on Monday, um, or Tuesday. Was it Tuesday, I think? Tuesday morning, we trimmed it. And it was probably, I don't know, 845 or so, 845 bucks maybe at the time. And um, what is it? Uh not even three days, two day, two two and a half, three day trading days later, and that stock's down forty bucks, thirty bucks from that level um, at eight sixteen. So may, maybe that some of that stuff was getting priced in the last day or two anyway. Um, regardless, stepping back, look, go back three months. Google was at seven sixty, seven seventy. So you know it's still it was up a hundred dollars from its lows just 90 days ago and it's you know it's having a pullback so grand scheme of things bigger picture revolution investing perspective on google you know it's the android internet of things um the google browsers the um self-driving cars the ventures they've put together over the years and the companies. Search ads are still, Verizon and AT&T didn't pull their search ads or anything like that. It's just the ad network itself that runs out onto YouTube and websites that they pulled those ads from. That business is still very sound and not going anywhere. Um, the biggest threat to Google, both on the ad side, the search side, um, and the um, Android side is are one of our other biggest holdings, Amazon, and its Alexa operating system, as I've started talking about in the last few months. That was a uh, long-term and short-term, short-term and long-term perspective for you there on Google. I hope I answered your question. If I didn't, uh, please, uh, uh, you know, let me know. And or next question, no, I just, please. I just wanted your thoughts. I appreciate your opinion. Great. Thank you, John. Um, other questions, please, anybody. Don't be shy. You don't even have to cite, say your name. Just ask your question. What's your question. take on SNE right now? You were a little bit hesitant about it before. Which one did you say? Or not too happy with it. I didn't hear the name. I'm sorry. Well, my name is Carl Tropper. Oh, no, I didn't, Carl, I, I didn't mean I did You don't, by the way, pe uh, anyone who's asking a question, you don't need to say your name. Just ask your question. We don't, uh, you know, it's uh, an anonymity can, is one thing, but we're all trading with Cody family here, so you don't need to, you know, just ask your questions, please. Carl, I didn't hear what your question was, though. Who? What was the stock? Uh, S-N-E. I'm, so I'm curious as to what how you feel about it. So, Sony, Sony, Sony. Um, part, part of the thing with Sony, part of the catalyst with Sony, both near-term and short-term, is dollar versus yen action. And the fact that Sony 
is a net net a very large net exporter of the image sensor modules, the movies, the um, hardware, the TVs, cameras, etc. They're they're exporting that, and they're based out of Japan, and so there's currency fluctuations that really impact their their ability to generate cash flow as measured in U.S. dollars, so and or as measured in Japanese yen. Um, so, look, over the last... Let me just pull up a shorter-term chart here. Over the last few months, since Trump has been elected, um, whether that's the catalyst or not can be a different uh, discussion, but since November or so, the... Dollar to yen has one. It takes more dollars to buy a a yen. It you get backwards on all this stuff. I'm trying to break it down from. I don't want to just read the chart. Look, the dollar to yen chart has spiked. The it takes. It used to take one dollar to buy a hundred Japanese yen. Now it takes one dollar. Now one dollar can buy a hundred and eleven Japanese yen. Um, so I don't want to try to game that currency impact on Sony. That's not the reason we own it. The, over time, I do expect the dollar, as I've said many times, and as this history shows us, it is still the reserve currency. It's not. It, it, it. People do see it as safer than the yen and or any other developed current major economies currency, much less a developing economies currency. Um, Bitcoin and gold are obviously a different thing entirely, but the U.S. dollar still, over time, I think, is stronger versus any other fiat currency, whether that's the yen or the euro, um, or any developing com- countries or, or the ruble or anything else. So at least for the next five, ten years for the foreseeable future, unless, of course, we at some point end up uh, not be ending as the reserve currency or if the petrodollar concept were to go away. I'm rambling on, but let me get back to Sony. Sony's bigger business is the movies and having that huge library of TV shows and movies that they can let license, that they can sell, that they can get, you know, put out on Netflix, um, Hulu, etc. Um, they haven't monetized that as well as I think they should be, but I think that is coming. It's, you know, over the next five or ten years, we're going to stream a heck of a lot more movies and videos yeah. and etc and they're going to in position to do that the image sensor business is dominant and they're growing it and they're winning business and that's good and steady and i still think at some point sony robots and or sony wearables could actually end up with some traction looking at over five or ten years i think we sony could double triple or even more from here if they actually de- deliver on some of that stuff if they don't it's you know, it's it is what it is. I think the stock could you know be back at fifteen bucks where we had originally uh, scaled. I, I think we started at eighteen and scaled all the way down to fifteen, and it could be back there. I mean, that's just sort of the reality of it. If they don't deliver, if the, but I don't think it's the currency itself. By the way, next question. Okay. Thanks, Okay. 
Hey, Cody, Kevin Lincoln, question on Google. What would be a good entry point if it keeps falling or if it keeps falling back? You know, I almost feel like Google could catch a little bit of a um, doghouse kind of effect for a while. Um, just, you know, the pendulum swing back and forth, even just sort of intermediate term and whatnot, and the, the, what the market is willing to pay for Google's earnings is bigger than what they'll pay for Apple's earnings, but I, for now it might contract for Google for a little bit and Apple might expand a little bit. We see the kind of even interplay between those two stocks over years. Um, I'm not in a rush. You know, I, like I said, I sold some on Tuesday and um, I sort of regret not having sold a little bit more. I sold, I think, 10% and I maybe should have sold 15 or even 20%. I just think I'd feel a little better about that, especially, you know, of course, hindsight 2020, it's down 30 bucks, so that probably colors my regret a little bit. But I, I, I'd look to buy Google probably closer to 750 700 even. Um, I'd give it a hundred dollars to to pull back from the eight fifty range at least, and maybe even another hundred dollars from right where it is right now at eight fifteen. So maybe around seven twenty, I'd start scaling in a little more. But I'd 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 give it some range right now. So you're definitely not buying any today. No, no. I I mean, frankly, if I. I my gut would tell me, I, again, I don't try to gain short-term moves like this, but if I were a, a swing trader, yeah, I mean, my feet to fire guess would be Google does head back down to 750 in part because of these headlines and in part because they might actually cause Google to have to take, you know, the guidance down next quarter or something or a little bit for the year. Again, longer term, I don't think it's a, it, it, I, think, I don't think it's anything more than a blip on the radar, but I'm in no rush to buy Google right now. I wouldn't want to sell it either at this moment, but I'm saying, you know, it's, I do think it could have some weakness at near term. That biotech stock, I would just, anything you have new information on it? Axogen. Um, so I did finally speak to Dr. Jamie Shores um, yesterday, and um, Unfortunately, it was a brief conversation, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Um, I could talk to him for five hours, frankly. Um, nothing, I didn't get to have a long discussion about Axogen with him, which I want to do, and that's what I'm waiting to do. We did talk about it briefly, and, you know, he actually I, was, um, I, he never did buy the stock. He felt like there was a potential conflict of interest and stuff and so he never did buy it but he uh he was regretfully saying that yeah it is a great company and um and he doesn't own it um but i will i actually do want to talk to him about hey are you using it more or less are you seeing other surgeons using it more or less when you go speak at events and talk about doing dual hand transplant surgeries to at a surgery at a surgical conference do they even know what Exogen is? I just, I, I would like an update. It's been several months since we really delved into the Exogen analysis and its position in his world. Um, so I am going to get a much bigger, deeper conversation with him. Between the two of us, I think we're both work. I, I mean, I know he's forever worked 120 hours a week or some incredible number of hours and it 
doesn't slow down when you become, you know, what he is now doing this. He does more work than ever before. So between him being in the OR and me working on trading with Cody and the IM app and uh, my other um, mind, you know, things that I'm always doing all day working, it's uh, we don't get to talk as nearly as much as we used to when we were in college playing uh, bad acoustic guitar together. I, you know, Amazon announced a new credit card where they're going to be giving you 5% back if you're a Prime member. Um, do you think that it's hard to gauge in the beginning how that helps, but do you think this is like a, another leg up for growth for them at some point? Because credit cards will be very profitable for an issuer like Amazon. Short answer is yes. I mean... The long and, and another short answer is: Look, if Jeff Bezos is doing it, there's either a really there's either a really smart strategic reason for him doing it, or and or it's a going to end up being a really profitable thing for him. Um, there's always a fine line that he walks, and people have questioned him for twenty years now whether or not. Uh, when he, you know, when he did free shipping initially, everybody thought, how could you possibly do that? It was just a short-term thing. But he figured out how to do that and be profitable doing it. And, um, you know, we's, it wouldn't surprise me if him getting into the quote-unquote credit card business in 2017 means that he's seeing something in the next five or ten years in the electronic payments industry or... Some other futuristic kind of payment thing that he is wanting to get ahead of, and or it could be something where he's he's trying to make sure that there's reasons for people to stay or become prime users, and the Amazon world has become its own ecosystem, from Alexa to Amazon.com to the Amazon apps, um, the the stealth ecosystem of Amazon is, uh, and I'm not even talking about the client side, you know, the corporate side and the Amazon web services ecosystem as part of that too. But the consumer side of Amazon is stealing a playbook out of the Apple ecosystem concept. And it's very early stages. And of course, payments would be a part of that. It's surprising, frankly, that they haven't been more active in the credit card world uh, in years past anyway. I would buy Amazon over Google right now. I, I, I think both long-term and short-term, frankly. Um, I think both will go up long-term, but I think Amazon, um, you know, it could, be, it could be the dark horse that ends up the first trillion-dollar company, frankly. So, I, I, I just... Yeah, the funny thing you think... Well, the funny thing when you think about it is, is you get 5% back if you use a credit card and you're a Prime member for Amazon, you know, for Amazon items. I mean, that's getting quite a bit back. As I have a lot of sales, once those credit cards, you know, get in people's hands, I could drive a lot of sales for Amazon. Yes, and, you know, I... Again, I think certainly the markets now have faith in Jeff Bezos not doing that and going to end up destroying his company because it's a loss leader that's too crazy or something. But um, 
as a husband of someone who shops quite a bit on Amazon, um, especially when she's up overnight uh, with Ameris and Board, um, I, I, I'm thrilled. I think we're going to have to get ourselves an Amazon card. That, that, that'll be a nice cash flow. <laughs> hey, Cody, this is uh, Don from Maui. I had a question about the uh, solar space. Please, and welcome, Don, from Maui. I wish I uh, spent more time in Maui this winter. I didn't spend any, I mean, but... <laughs> anyway, what's the question? Solar. It's kind of getting hit here since the beginning of the month. I was wondering if uh, just give us some comments, you know, about your uh, solar edge. Oh, I'd rather talk about first solar. Um, well, either, frankly. Um, let's, let's talk solar industry just for a moment. Of course, um, the Republicans and the Democrats are always giving a whole bunch of benefits, protections, welfare, subsidies to um, the solar companies uh, and energy companies writ large. Um, I, you know, the concept I think is that Democrats are theoretically more friendly to renewables slash solar than, uh, Republicans are, or some nonsense like that. I, uh, as you guys know, see a lot more gray than black and white on all that stuff. Um, but the point being that since Trump's been elected and the Republicans have taken power, um, at least conceivably, um, in the Republican-Democrat regime world that they live in, um, solar's getting hit. It's not, it's, it's out of favor, and, you know, the subsidies might be less for the next three or four years than they would have if it would have been a Clinton administration, and that stuff, you know, the market was probably pricing that in, and now it's pricing in perhaps the opposite and even overcorrecting to that side. That's actually sort of, I think, what sort of you're seeing. I, the entire solar sector is just getting hit. The renewables are getting hit. And I think um, at some point there's going to be a great buying opportunity to buy the best of the best in the solar and renewable industry again. Uh, whether that's this week or in three months or in two years is the big, bigger, is the more immediate question at least. I'm going to end up nibbling. So I'm going to end up nibbling some first solar in the next, uh, I don't know, few days, week or two. Twenty-seven bucks, twenty-six bucks. I'm going to get real interested in it. Um, so, uh, and, and Solar Edge. Um, that's a much smaller position for me. It's a much smaller company. It's a much more uh, volatile and risky investment. Frankly, it's a name that. Uh, Robert Marson, a good friend and legendary value investor uh, that originally it turned me on to, and I've talked to the company and talked to him about it, and um, he's he really thinks they've got a huge techno technological edge in the solar component stuff, and um, I I respect him enough that that is what got me started on it and the more homework I did on it I do think he's got he's on to something and if solar edge wins a bunch of contracts this year the company could really be huge I'm not probably going to buy much more I think it'll probably I, I'll probably hold on to the position I've got 
I don't know if I could take pain below 10, um, but uh, I think it could be a $30 stock if they deliver over the next 18 months to two years. I actually own the Solar Edge product in my house. You know, it's, it's a top. My biggest concern is, at least here in Hawaii, and I think it's going nationwide, is, is they're getting rid of net metering. Huge. Uh, is it though? I, I, you're have to, I, I wonder, that's yeah. one of those things, you know, it, is it, and, you know, certainly it's somewhat a subsidy. You might argue it's actually that net metering wouldn't necessarily be a subsidy, but the, the idea is that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the costs of energy per unit for solar continue to come down towards fossils. And as you get there over the next two to three or five years or something, if SolarEdge is driving that and gets you there, how bad do you need the subsidies? How bad do you need net metering? How bad do you need any of this? Just just give us really cheap renewable energy and it'll take care of itself. So that's why I own I don't own it for any other reason except that I think over the next 10 to 30 years, Solar is the answer to our energy needs. I, I agree. I really like it. The biggest problem is not the cost of the product. It's the overcharging of installation. Well, and again, I, you know, just sort of looking over the 5 or 10, 15-year cost curve of that, you know, it'll be even the, you know, like instead of buying metal roof, for your house out here in New Mexico, you're going to order your solar panel roof. And, you know, it'll, it's going to get built into windows. It's going to get built into uh, uh, roofs. It's going to get built into cars. It's going to... Solar is... Anything that's being exposed to the sun should be generating electricity. And they're getting to the point where there's a company that was just spun out of um, the Sandia Labs here in New Mexico that is moving forward to commercialize the technology of putting these cellular size um, solar technologies technology things into high-rise windows and the windows themselves will then be generating electricity that's the future um, I want to be exposed to it I think first solar and solar edge are the best two ways to do it right now um, I'm always looking for other great solar investment kind of concepts and I do think it's a place I want to be in the next 10 to 20 years. Appreciate it. Other questions please. AMD. AMD. American Micro Devices. Is that what you're asking about there? Did I hear that correctly? I'm sorry, Advanced Micro Devices? I've always called that American. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's the question. So let's just do it. Let's run through some analysis here. Top line level, look, I don't think AMD's technological roadmap is as good as NVIDIA's. I think NVIDIA spent the already done the research and development to put it on a superior playing field to Intel, AMD, the others that want to try to compete against it. That doesn't mean they can't catch them at some point, but I just think NVIDIA is the, um, it's the clearest 
potential de facto standard for self-driving cars, artificial intelligence, and so many of these industries that we're trying to be in front of. Now, AMD itself, number one, the market cap has gone from $1.5 billion to $13 billion over the last 18 months. Um, right, because it's anticipating new products. And if I were AMD, that leads me to my next, correct, and, and, and maybe they de de deliver those incredible products, and maybe those products do s compete successfully and or take market share and disrupt N NVIDIA. But you're betting on that stuff coming out, whereas NVIDIA, I think, is already starting to prove itself. Um, yeah, that's true. What I do think, if, what would make me bullish on AMD is if they did a secondary. I The problem I've always had with AMD, more than anything else, is their balance sheet. So let me pull up the balance sheet here. AMD... You need a secondary stock offering? Yes. If they would do a secondary stock offering I for a billion... If they do a $1.5 or a $2 billion secondary stock offering, I would be a lot more bullish about AMD. They currently have $1.2 billion of cash... But their net, they they have one point four billion dollars of debt, so they've got more debt than they do cash. The good news is, three years ago, they had one point five billion dollars of debt. I'm sorry, they had two billion dollars of debt, and they only had eight hundred million dollars of cash. So they've done a good job of getting the cash balance down and raising cash. At the same time. I don't think that balance sheet is nearly strong enough to compete against companies like NVIDIA that's now worth $60 billion and has billions of dollars of cash and access to billions of dollars of more cash to do stuff if they want to. And Intel, of course, has tens of billions of dollars of cash and access to tens of billions of dollars of more that they, if they wanted to. If AMD were, yeah, if AMD, if AMD, AMD were, AMD were to just three or four billion dollars of cash on their balance sheet, and that would make me a lot more comfortable about it. Um, as it is now, you know, it's a thirteen billion dollar market cap up from a two billion dollar market cap, a one point five billion dollar market cap, and that just that's a ten, you know, it's up a thousand percent in eighteen months, and that's. That's a little rich for me, um, especially if I'm yeah. just not a fan of the company. So, there you go. Well, I was thinking of getting out of it, or, or anticipating when to get out of it, because uh, it's going to be, it's going to have a shaky run if the market goes down. And, it's, and I made, I got into it about, I don't know, four months ago, five months ago. It's so... You know, it had much more longer run than you could guess, but it, it's issuing its new chips. So what? Why don't you try to? Like CPU slash Why don't you try to have your cake and eat it too? Like I always say, and sell a third of it today. Sell a third of it in a month, and could keep a third, and maybe consider selling a third of it if it goes to twenty five or if it cracks ten. You know, and that way you don't have to be yeah, all in, or you don't have to be all in or all out. You don't have to feel like. You know, you don't have to worry about it so much. You can sort of be like, yeah, I got to win. Let's take some of it off the table. Yeah, that's true. I, 
I tend to I, I tend to ride it thinking that if I'm, I'm rather I'm, I don't like a ten percent pullback. Well, uh, because I have a horrible time. Huh? And that's why maybe sell a third, sell twenty percent. You know, I mean, you can always just sort of. Yeah. As always, there's no science to it, right? Because if you do sell all of it and it goes to 50, then you're really upset. If you sell all of it and it goes to two, then you feel like a yeah. genius. And that's why I'm trying to say, have your cake and eat it too. Sell a little bit. And if it goes to 50, you feel like a genius. And if it goes to two, you feel like a genius. This is true. I can always feel like a genius. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Welcome to tell, welcome to the money yeah welcome to the money yeah, management it is sort of a worrisome you know it's like it's a worrisome stock you can never tell it's it's got incredible potential but those, whether it'll be able to deliver and the fact why wouldn't they want to do a secondary I don't know I I I, I that's what I'm saying I just looking at that stock up a thousand percent in eighteen months and a balance sheet that needs cash. I mean, you could, it, it'd be, but they didn't do it the last time. They didn't do it in 07 when it was at 15. So. Right, that's true. I have, I have one question. Please. On the, on the semiconductor side, is there anything that you are looking at or are liking right now? Let me ask you, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, you know, I've quoted you several times over the years uh, because you're not just a subscriber, you're um, a technology analyst, correct? Yes, correct. Yes. So, um, I, I, and not just any, but you're a very good technology analyst, by the way, I should add. I've really enjoyed and learned a lot in interacting with you over the last, what's it, probably three or four years? Even longer? Well, what I would say is... is wait, wait, but, but I just wanted to... Um, before, just tell us real quick, how long have you been in training with Cody Subscriber? You know, I, really, I, haven't, I haven't really followed it. It's been, it's been several years. All right. Well, cool, and thank you. So, yes, if, if, is, my question would be this to you. Is there anything in... It, 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 are there any semiconductor stocks that aren't either having s some serious problems or questions about their accounting or something that aren't already up 200, 500, 1,000 percent in the last three years? Well, the, the answer to that is probably no. <laughs> right. So on that basis, though, tell me, what, what do you see out there that you sort of like that's not outrageously expensive that you could justify uh, initiating a position in here, if you don't mind? Well, what I will say is I'm going to stretch semiconductors to kind of pull in some of the optical space. Okay. A lot of the top, a lot of the... Uh, or call them, you know, people trying to figure out what the next iPhone is going to be. Let's call it iPhone 8. There's a little talk. We're going to have a 3D component in this phone to recognition. And the phone will also they'll have two different components for 3D uh, type uh, technology. One will be the front-facing and one is the back-facing. 
it seems like really strong possibility that the front facing thing will happen. So he, then they use optical components for that. So when you say optical, I can't explain to you exactly how the optical components work. So tell but me, the one company that seems to be. Go ahead. Is oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please. I didn't mean to cut you off. I think you're on a speakerphone. That makes it a little bit more difficult. I'm sorry, Kevin. Please continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. The one company that does seem to be positioned, you got us all hanging on a thread here. Oh, it's Lumentum, L-I-T-E. If they happen to get 40 or 50% of the, uh, of the, the product they sell into iPhone 8, I mean, the stock's only, it's only like a 1.8 billion market cap company. I'm showing three point. say, well, it's 20 times or 21 times. And it was up 6% yesterday because Apple came out with an announcement talking about um, yeah that new app right new technology in some of their apps yeah right by the way the market and caps the apps would need to use the market caps over three billion dollars now by the way oh for the next time it is is it yeah because it's up you know forty percent in the last few weeks right. Um, but you know, again, you know, if if this is a company that's going to end up dominating 3d sensing viewers in smartphones, I mean, it'll end up a $50 billion market cap. So you still have a 10 or 15 times upside if it's, you know, if it's going to work, have you done some work on it? Anything you can send me? I've done, I own it. I've done quite a bit of work on it. You mind? Um, do you mind sending me a few notes? The company or? has publicly stated that they're working with several smartphone companies, the uh, facial recognition 3D technology, and you know I think it's just uh, a matter of time. Wishing um, it's really hard to gauge if Apple includes it or not in the iPhone 8 because. We're still over six months out. Right. iPhone 8. So you can almost guess that Apple's management probably doesn't know if it's going to be in there or not yet either. They, they definitely have a, an R&D version of the iPhone 8 that probably has facial recognition. They're just deciding. They yeah, they don't know if that's the one they're going to market with. Probably. Kevin, let's do this. If you would, would you send me a few notes you've written up and or have on uh, Lumentum and let me... Um, do a look at that stuff over and get to know it uh, better. I know it a little bit, but not well enough um, that I um, that I'm ready to make a decision on it or something. You know, um, that'd be helpful. Okay, I can I can do that. Thanks. I think I have a couple notes just that I can send you. I haven't really done any write up because I don't really work for anybody to do any write ups anymore though. Oh. Well, you and I need to catch up offline um, anyway, but uh, yes, please send a note or two. I'd love to, um, e you know, even the other other stuff, just so I, we, we could, just so I could converse about it with you, learn more. I don't know, maybe I should do a wrap-up here, guys. Bigger picture. Um, 
not much has changed. I, you know, as long as interest rates, as long as interest rates stay low and or just gradually rise, everything you're seeing our Republican Democrat leaders do, the Federal Reserve do, everything that's happening in Europe, the currency wars, all of this stuff is focused on making stocks go up and protecting corporate profits. And, you know, it's it, it works while it works. And we've been writing it for seven or eight years now. And um, I, I promise you I have my ear to the ground and I am paranoid about another black swan, about a financial crisis, about a geopolitical development causing... A black swan. I it's I spend all day that I'm not you know writing up specific stocks, thinking about this stuff and analyzing this stuff, and I want to catch it. I'm on. I'm fully expecting to catch the next downturn before it happens, um, and or as it happens maybe. But I just don't see it yet. I just don't. I get. We've, I've had trading with Cody subscribers who have canceled in the last year or two because they want me to get bearish. After they cancel, we, we send them an email like, why would you cancel? And the guy writes back, hey, you know, Cody's caught the bottom three times and the top twice since I've been following him for 20 years, but he's he missed this one. He, he missed the top that was put in. And that was eight months ago, 10 months ago, a year ago, that guy sent me that email. And I told Kathy at the time, I was, you know, like, we don't get a lot of cancellations, frankly. We have a really, I think I've told you guys before, I'm very proud of the very low churn rate. With people who sign up for Train with Cody stick around for a long time. And when he get, this guy had said he'd been following me for 15 years and he was canceling because I had missed the top. And I think about him sometimes when I hear the people on CNBC or Fox Business breathlessly talking about how stocks are at all-time highs and the economy is growing and da-da-da. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it is. And until it's not, until we have something to really freak out about, like in 2007 when I was freaking out about real estate, I, I, you know, it is what it is, guys. I, I hope I catch it. I'm doing everything I can to catch it. There is going to be a top. There is going to be a crash in our time, in our lifetime. It might be this year. It might be in five years, but we can't, we can't anticipate it before it gets here. And we don't want to just foolishly sell our stocks and be bearish because hey, stocks are up. So it's time. And, and then the same thing, of course. You know, how many pundits and newsletter people can you subscribe to that are perma bullish or perma bearish and uh, you know, every guy who was bearish in 2010 is still bearish in 2017. And you're like, well, what's yeah. the what's the point? What's the use? Why are you even subscribing to something like that? So, I, I, guys, I'm certainly not infallible, but until the things change, until we see a reason to freak out, let's not. Let's be, let's prepare for bad times, but let's not be scared. Let's be paranoid, but not scared. 
I guess that might be the, 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 the takeaway for today's call. Thank you all for calling in. Let's do this again maybe next week or in two weeks. Bye, guys. I'ma take from the poor and give to the rich and double high deep. I dig every ditch and then be good in the game like Joplin until I'm violated or quit. Well, I'll be living it up and keep on living while you giving it up. And about the way he living Take a hit, make a hit, keep a tunnel vision Sign a deal with the feds, go to music prison Who believe you a prophet when you enjoy your music Sells advertisements for profits Well, who knew, boo, ho, we get a clue Yo, do I blew your mind from Q, you to Soho Cody Willow, New Mexico, Lobo, Muddy Souls Get around like hobos, yeah, we be tearing it up And you gon' get it, how you giving it up? See, I thought I was rich till I got rich and found out how rich rich can get. 